Taking out all oh, this. This ain't going on the outtakes. Or okay. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be, and welcome to It's So Real. With your boy O. And your girl Rocky. What is good, beautiful people? Welcome to today's show on It's So Real called Don't Box Me In. Don't box me in. I don't know what that was, but don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea behind today's show was because well lately i've been uh having a few opportunities come my way based on me not or refusing to be boxed in Mm -hmm. uh by other people Mm -hmm. who just have a narrow vision of life Mm -hmm. and what's possible right and we're gonna talk Mm -hmm. all about uh, Hold up, pause, continue with your brag. Right, okay. So, uh, <laughs> also Smart Productions, which is uh, basically my uh, music, um, the, the side of me that I, I use to promote my music. It's uh, also smartproductions.com. I am a music producer. Plug, uh, plug, plug, plug. <laughs> plug, 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 plug. <laughs> Shock me up. Uh, so, I've recently gotten an opportunity to work with um, a huge. Uh, person within the industry, um, especially on the online community, um, Curtis King. So we're collaborating. Um, it, was a lot, it was interesting because it was based off of uh, basically the theme of today, like having the multiple passions. And we connected basically through the connection of just exploring mental health, you know, um, him being someone who wasn't afraid to dive into that realm and show that side of his personality and his life on the camera even though he was you know technically just a producer um and an influencer he didn't need to share any of that stuff and it's that very light that i think that he he expressed outwardly about um some of his struggles with mental health and in hopes to reach others that allowed me to like really get drawn into him um on the producer end so yeah that was a huge opportunity and uh i'm actually gonna be doing some coaching um, mental health Mondays um, on his uh, private um, 
site uh, for music producers in his own community because he uh, is actually off of YouTube. Uh, I'm thinking at the end of uh, maybe next month. I'm not sure, uh, but very soon. And he's just going to be interacting there full time um, uh, for the most part. And let me clarify, because, oh, people see. What? Humble. <laughs> so, O was able to be on the Curtis King podcast. Yeah. Where Curtis King was interviewing Mr. Mm-hmm. Oso oh Smart. Yes, that happened. Mm-hmm. And that is where they had the discussion yeah. about the dualities in passion mm-hmm, and profession. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. Okay. Yeah. It was a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to link to it and everything that I had, basically. Plug, plug, plug. You right. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to plug that as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're just going to. This is just the beginning, folks. This is just the beginning. This mm-hmm. is the beginning of stuff. But I want to dive into um, both of our journeys when it comes to just dualities and. Um... But can we hold that thought real quick? Yeah, sure. Um, so I do want to thank you all for staying with us. I know we've been gone a while. If you're oh, not yeah, following our Facebook, please follow our Facebook page. It's so real. I T S S O U A O real with spaces in between and apostrophe with the it's. But I mean, you gotta know it's very specific. But um, please follow our Facebook page. You can find it on our link tree as well. Um, cause yeah, we've been gone a while cause we've had technical difficulties. We recorded two shows and you know, our show is our hour, mm-hmm. if not over. We recorded two and lost all the audio and the visual. Well, we didn't lose the visual, but the visual, the audio was trash on the visual. So we basically lost everything. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm done for a little bit. We need to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. So thank you for staying with us. Um, we got kind of tired of politics in that between time. Because yeah. the world was just on fire. Too much. So we were like, yeah, I don't really feel like talking about the world and politics. I, like, I want peace of mind. Right. <laughs> you know? So um, so thank you for staying with us. Also, we are changing the format of our show for a little bit. We're going to test it out, see how you all respond to it. Mm-hmm. We're still going to put out our audio pro- podcast on our platforms on Sundays by 1 p.m. Pacific, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern. And then we're going to do um, video clips. So I was thinking like five to 10 minute videos Mm -hmm. um, that we're using to grow our YouTube channel and we'll promote that on Facebook as well. And then we'll just, you know, shorten that for Instagram or maybe use IGTV since that allows for longer clips. Um, So to get the visuals out there, because I know you all like... (laughs) watching because we're very animated <laughs> but um but yeah so there's that and then for the facebook lives we're gonna do a lot shorter videos maybe pose a question to the audience and i was thinking friday mornings but we'll see how that um ends up and i'll definitely let you know uh but please follow us on facebook follow us on our youtube channel um instagram and then find a podcast platform that fits you yeah, so that we all can, them yeah get on all of us and link tree just check out our link tree link tr.ee slash i-t-s-s-o-u-a-l real and remember you can donate check out anchor.fm slash support slash it's so real i believe that's the full thing again it's on our link tree 
But um, check it out if you want to donate monthly. You can donate as low as 99 cents per month. And it just helps us with promotions, helps us with equipment. So please, if you could do that. And I think that's enough of our paying the bills. Right. <laughs> yeah. Gotta pay them bills. Even though we're not getting money. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate yeah. the person who has donated $5. I think that's Jamila. But um, I'm not sure. It doesn't say. Whoever it is. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate you. Yes. Very much. Because, yeah, we're on a... Well, we'll talk about some more as we get into this topic, but we're on our way to really excelling in multiple fields, Mm -hmm. um, multiple parts of our passion. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, let's dive into Don't Box Me In, where we're discussing the dualities in passion and profession. So first, before we talk about the dualities, I think we need to address where we're coming from. And why it's so different and it's so new. And people have to say, don't box me in. What was Mm. the box? Okay. So I think we have to look at, well, it's my parents' generation. It's your parents' generation. I don't know if it's everybody's parents' generation. Because some people's parents are Generation X. Our parents are baby boomers. Right. And then your parents are a little bit different because they're coming from Guyana. Right. Um, Totally different. Yeah. So they don't have the same experience with American culture Mm -hmm. as my parents do who were born they're you know descendants of enslaved Africans in the US Mm -hmm. so so with the baby boomers from my parents it was you do one thing for like 40 years and it doesn't matter if you hate it every day you're paying the bills yeah pretty much you're not like my dad had so many passions that he knew about because <laughs> he would do them on the side and I would be like a teen like why aren't you doing this for your work you love this mm-hmm. you know but I mean he, he worked at uh, IBM and then Lockheed Martin and he's like good at computers he's very good at computers he's always been um, very technic- technologically savvy um, but I don't know if it made him as happy as the other things that he was doing on the side you know but the mentality was within the box. You do this one thing that makes you money. Doesn't matter if you like it. Right. For so many years, you don't change. Whatever you decide, that's your life. Mm. Right? So, here I am, growing up with that. And I was like, life's too short for that. <laughs> You mean I'm going to spend my whole adult life hating it? Because <laughs> mind you, 40 hours a week, that's the majority of your week. Yeah. Which means that's the majority of your life. Exactly. You know? And then what? You wait till retirement to enjoy your life? To do the things you actually love? The things you're actually interested in? What? I'm about to die. I don't know how long I got. That's the biggest thing. Right. You never know. We all can go tomorrow. So why are you wasting today? <laughs> doesn't make sense at all i think that's kind of um well i'm not sure if my parents are exactly the same uh because i think there's like two versions of the immigrant story when it comes to like this perspective Mm -hmm. um there's one that's like shut up be grateful (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) and it's like yo you made it to fucking america from wherever you know depending on wherever you came from and depending on the situation you, you might have been fleeing uh, mm-hmm. or just seeking opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like, shut up. Like, you are here. Don't complain. You you get to run the family business at the corner store. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just like that. 
that's not my uh, side of it. But I know a lot of my friends who mm-hmm. are immigrants mm-hmm. who are like like from school or high school, mm-hmm. they definitely were coming from that perspective. Okay. Um, mine is more like uh, a freedom of like yes, you have the opportunity now, mm-hmm. like because because I've had the opportunity, you have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Okay. It's kind of like uh, yeah, you damn right, you can do everything that you want to do because. I made it here. <laughs> mm, okay. You know? It's a lot more positive. Right. It. It's a lot more positive. There might be like a third one that's similar to your parents. Well, when you were saying the first, mm-hmm. I was thinking, don't rock the boat. Yeah. That's That was my parents' generation. Because mind you, so my parents were born in Ooh, 56. okay. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. My parents were born that's in connected. 56. Mm-hmm. So it was right during the civil rights movement and all that stuff going on. Yeah. And like my dad was like 11 when they assassinated Dr. King. So Dang. he grew up with the, you know, we got the Civil Rights Act. We got the Voting Rights Act. Like, fuck it. Don't rock the boat. Like, we got this far. Shut up. Stop. Stop asking for more, basically. Mm. <laughs> so that was like my parents' generation as far as, you know, being native to America. So I don't know if they had the don't rock the boat mentality. I think so. I think I think that might have been it. Um I think, yeah, because of the immigrant experience of, like, the the already having to come from a challenge, it's like, mm-hmm. you just, yeah, it, it, something about the hardwiring is just, like, different because mm-hmm. you look at the whole perspective differently. Mm. It's like you feel like, okay, I got to go get it. It's mm. I, This is not like some, uh, I'll just stay, like, well, on the other side of the spectrum anyway. It's like the other, the other immigrant story. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some that are just like, yo, whoo. We made it, yo. Shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shut up. What you do? What you? What? Yo, look. We'll do whatever. Like that. That there are people who are just working like illegally, illegally, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just because they keeping their heads down. And they're like, look, man. We are getting food, places mm-hmm. to eat. We are we're chilling. We are way better than we were, you know. But then I think when people wake up, and I, I think that that goes to our generation. It's like those who have come from those immigrants are like, nah, fuck all that. You know, we want more. Like, we don't, you know, we've seen the struggle of our parents. And that's what my... Right. So, even though it's from different perspectives, I think we all from this generation are like, what the fuck? We're not accepting this, you Mm -hmm. know? We're not accepting that at all. We're not accepting limitations, rules, restrictions, regulations on our life. Word. I think that's powerful. For what? Yeah, like... I have one life. (laughs) And, and, And then, also, many of us are rejecting religion. That's true. And it's like, I'm not waiting till death for this heaven. I'm trying to create heaven on earth. Mm. Create my peace here. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to talk about with the generational differences? Um. I mean, I guess that ties into just like the job market where it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, one track minded. But, but also I would say the jobs were different. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jobs yeah. for my parents gave them their pension and retirement benefits. benefits, relocation fees and stuff. Like my dad moved several times and the company paid for all of it. And then one time I think they were getting the house, like the house wasn't for sale or the people hadn't vacated or something. So the company put them up in a holiday inn for like a few weeks. And I'm like, yeah, don't nobody do that no more. No, nah, not at all. They don't care about the people. They were like, ooh, money, 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 money. Yeah. 
and uh, they stopped caring about the people. So meanwhile, we're going into the workforce like, oh, I don't get no health benefits. Oh, you don't do like a pension or retirement. Oh, I can't stand you motherfuckers because your leadership is terrible because you don't look for leadership people. You look for who you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not something that I love to do. So I'm going to be out. <laughs> There's so many millennials who have worked at a, a job for less than five years. Like we're like a year, deuces, two years, I can't, three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was trying, but nah, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, no. like it's, it's so much of that within our generation. Cause it's, it's, yeah, again, we're not accepting that. That one lane is the only way to go. Mm-hmm. It's just not true. We know that for a fact. We're, we're a generation that's proven it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. So now I want to go into the origins of our passion and how they fed into our profession. Okay. Um, well, I'll start with music. Uh, for me, uh, I mentioned some of this on Curtis's podcast, Curtis King, um, Curtis King's podcast, which I think you can see on Curtis King. Um, TV.com if you join uh, or, it's, or it's on his own other platforms as well I think I'm not sure it's, it's on Apple right I think so <laughs> anyways I believe it's on Apple um, so I was talking about basically how I started music just from from jump when I was younger listening to music hearing all the temptations and everything else like that in my house and then um I think I had like a small like little keyboard and I was just like, you know, playing around with that little thing. And eventually my brother got piano lessons. And of course, you know, my brother gets piano lessons. You know I'm gonna give me some damn piano lessons. So we go to the same teacher, right? He's like crushing it because he's like older than me. And that's the one thing I liked about having an older brother was mm-hmm. that I would compare myself to him even though he's like two years ahead of me, like literally cognit- cognitively like and developmentally Two years ahead of me, mm-hmm. I was still comparing myself to, as if I was. It was good and bad because sometimes it would shoot down my confidence, mm-hmm. but other times it's like I would strive so hard to get up there. Mm-hmm. So it's like I was advanced in a lot of ways. And my brother's already smart. Mm-hmm. So there was always good competition like going in, um, even with video games and little stuff like that. So <laughs> with the piano, he was crushing it mm-hmm. earlier. Like, And if he would have kept at it, I don't know if you listen to this. You need to be listening to this. <laughs> but she was crushing it earlier. And um, then my brother kind of uh, fell off a little bit. It's because he got into track and other stuff like that mm-hmm. in high school. Um, I got more into music. And it's like I, I completely rejected track. That's like my freshman year story where I said I they wanted me to become basically like my brother because I was fast. Mm-hmm. And it's, I had to split away from that and I went more towards music. So instead of going to like the athletics room, I went to the band room, and then that's when uh, Drumline came out. And shit, after Drumline came out, yeah, that man, was that inspired the generation. HBCU marching band, Drumline, that was what? all of it, man. I was gonna be one of the dancers. <laughs> I was gonna marry one of the dancers. <laughs> that's the crazy part. Though. Anyways, um, after Drumline, mm-hmm. man. It was, I was so inspired. Like, all, I think all of us were at that time. Yeah, for sure. And then we 
create this drum line. I mean, that was probably, hold on, that was probably like the first HBCU representation since A Different World. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You know, like they started doing like HBCU movies and stuff after mm-hmm. Drumline. Because they saw a popular one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That movie was, oh, yeah. classic. Mm-hmm. Classic. <laughs> but yeah, after that, we formed our own Drumline and then we went to uh, music festival competitions and we won first place at first meeting. And it's like we went on from there and kept on winning first. Okay. It's like it was such a boost of confidence as a young man that you yeah, were sure. doing that and having your art be validated, you mm-hmm. know, and and know that you're you putting pain and, and, and uh, brotherhood and all this other stuff into that and making solid projects. It's mm-hmm. like that's what was really dope about the whole experience. And then that led to me just like continuing to want to learn the, um, the keys and play them a little bit more. And let me do one a major in music engineering technology when I went into Hampton. Um, obviously, that did not work out because <laughs> uh, after freshman year, I found out like it really wasn't exactly what I pictured it to be. Mm-hmm. There was a lot more um, music theory and everything else like that behind it, more so than the production aspect. And um, I'm not opposed to that because I'm actually still learning theory right now because I choose to. Mm-hmm. And it makes you a better musician. But because of what I wanted to do creatively and express it in a way that I want to express myself, it's like those weren't the tools that I necessarily needed at the time. And I feel like, I don't know if all majors were like this, but they didn't focus on the creative side. Like they right. focus on yeah. how to so, make uh, uh, money uh, uh, and like make it business and logical oriented, you know? So it was kind of like draining the fun, you know? Right. But, but I think you were telling me like now because you went to the fun, oh, well, hold on, let's... Sorry. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm that. saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As soon as I like, now that I am at that. At, at Wait, no. Point. What happened at Hampton? Oh, at Hampton. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but what changed? I um. Cause I know what changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, you jumped ahead. It's all good. Um, but yeah, while I was at Hampton, um, yeah, I was going through all that theory and all that other stuff, mm-hmm. and it was draining. It was like taking out the fun of it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like it was really feeding my passion. They weren't speaking a lot to the music production side. Mm -hmm. And then in the band, that stuff was, oh. The the hazing to get into an organization that I didn't, you know, want to get into. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, there's no hazing um, at, uh, there's no hazing at all at college. Mm. (laughs) Nah, but um, but for real, like, I, I look back at it, it's like, yo, I didn't even want to be down. <laughs> it's like, why am I putting up with this for like, at a, I mean, I didn't obviously, but, <laughs> but no, they don't know that. <laughs> I, I'm saying like, I, they know that now because I wasn't part of it. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm telling it. I'm telling the story now. So yeah, they're not, um, I didn't obviously didn't go down with the people in the band because I quit the band. Yeah. That's what I was leading into. You keep going forward ahead of me, like, that's not my story. Anyway, <laughs> uh, after, she even heard a story that many times, that's hilarious. Um, so after I, le- I leave the band and everything else like that, I-, I noticed that what it was, it wasn't fun for me. It wasn't exactly what I was looking for. So instead, um, I went into seeing what other fields of interest uh, that I had, like, Broadcast journalism was actually one of them. So I went to a couple of those classes. Slipper. Nope. 
<laughs> I'll tell you why. Yeah. That no, was a no. Part, part of the reason is uh, on one of the classes, the intro classes, mm-hmm. Jack something something. One on one, probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. It lines up. Uh, uh, they did uh, the breakdown of the conglomerate. Yeah. That was like one of the five, first classes, right? Five yeah. companies I own like, it all. This. I said that too, but I sticked with it. And I'll tell you my story once he's done with his. Yeah, that's that's that was some bullshit. I was Stick, like stuck. I, <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was some that was some straight up bullshit. And yeah. I think that just kinda turned me off from the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I also explored psychology just because I I was always interested in the human mind mm-hmm. and relationships in particular. Uh and I had an amazing teacher, mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Tamara Williams. Shout out to Doctor Tamara Williams. I'm probably gonna clip up this just to show you uh, a video just to, just to thank you. Um, but you were such a huge influence in me becoming um a therapist. Uh, that I am now and, and becoming the, the man that I am now. Your guidance is just, just in all areas was just amazing. You were an amazing mentor and teacher. And I'm so glad you're sh- that you're still doing your thing mm-hmm. and able to influence so many other people. So just wanted to give that shout out to her. So yes, I took her intro class <laughs> and she opened up my mind to the possibilities of... Um, of therapy and everything else like that and I don't I don't want to go too out of order because this goes into like the mentorship piece um so I'll, I'll, I'll probably okay. talk about this later bring it up yeah um but yeah she was definitely a mentor mm-hmm. um uh so I go through her class and everything else like that and I, and I get interested in the the um marriage and family track mm-hmm. of uh psychology at Hampton University mm-hmm. um shout out to Dr. MC She's all. She's another influencer, um, so she saw a lot of me too as well. So all that combined into me going into getting my masters, and all the while I'm still playing the drums, you know, mm-hmm. like because I do it. I'm still playing the piano here and there because you know I just feel like doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing it casually mm-hmm. because it's something I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, fast forward uh, to grad school, I get my degree. Uh, I move, I, I work a little bit in Jersey, I work a little bit in New York, come out here to Oakland, my home, my home now, I love Oakland, God, I love Oakland, this is the place, anyways, uh, shout out to the Bay, I come out here to Oakland, and I'm doing work, I'm feeling fulfilled in a lot of ways, but I'm still feeling a little bit like, man, I want to truly put out my, my work and express myself. Um, and I want to produce like I, I had I have a little bit more time because I'm independent in my work mm-hmm. and I set my own schedule because of therapy that I can actually put time in on a, a dream of mine that was always there. It followed me throughout my life. It's like never not been there because mm-hmm. music, music has always been a part of my life. So mm-hmm. that's what I, I came to the conclusion of, uh, of and then I finally just bought a, a what was the first program I bought an Akai. Mm-hmm. Uh, Akai Black, I think. Studio Black, yeah. An Akai Studio Black. Um, I made my first beat like probably like, a year ago. And Damn, really? Yeah. It's only been a year. It's yeah, only been a year. Yeah, right. you've been doing this thing. <laughs> it's only been a year. Oh, so smart Oh, so smart. Oh, so smart <laughs> You got it. 
So yeah, and then I just I'm fully embracing that right now, and it feels amazing to, yeah, to let go of, of fear of what failure or rejection or any of those mm-hmm. things that was holding me back before because uh, now I'm following a passion without any, you know, restriction mm. from mm. myself. Like I've given mm-hmm. myself permission mm-hmm. to just fully, yeah, to fully be me, to express myself. And to really put myself out there within my music, mm-hmm. you know, it's been a beautiful journey for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm very thankful. And shout out to Curtis King for being my new mentor, mm-hmm. who we'll, we'll talk about a little bit more um, in the in that section. And I look forward to the growth after this because, like I said, it's only been a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what was your story, your origin story, when it comes to your different passions? Um, well, my passions into my profession, because I do want to talk about okay. after mentorship, just your passions are just your passions. You're not trying to do money with it, mm-hmm. you know? So these were my passions into my professions. So I have always been a writer. I've started writing fiction when I was eight years old, and that was because I had a class assignment to write a story, and I played with Barbie dolls. And you make a story when you're playing with Barbie dolls. So what did I do when I had to write a story? I just took one of those stories and wrote it down. <laughs> so shout out to my mama for buying my Barbie dolls. <laughs> and creating my first story. things that create that little creative spark. Yeah. Um, so, and I really enjoyed it. So I continued writing. And then in eighth grade, when I was 13, I started writing poetry. Shout out to... What's her name? <laughs> no, I just wrote about her in my acknowledgments for my book. You can go um, get it. It's okay. It's on my computer. Like, it's extra oh, work. Yeah, 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 I gotta wait till it uploads. It was Miss K. I forget what the her name was, like, after the K. And that's just because I'm high. Normally, I know her name. <laughs> but anyways, um, hopefully she doesn't listen to this and she just reads the book. But because she's definitely in my acknowledgments. But anyway, she was challenging as fuck, and that's where I grew the most as a writer. And I started writing poetry then. So then, I think sophomore year of high school, I started with the school newspaper. And I think I started with some journalism classes. And I was excelling there. I was winning awards for my articles. I did an op-ed called The Effects of the Psychological Chains of Slavery or some shit, which is interesting because I'm a therapist, but I was not on that journey then, and I'll get to that. So then, um, what happened? I, my se- No, the summer before my senior year of high school, my parents privilegedly um, provided the opportunity for me to go to a two-week writing program in Georgia. Mind you, I'm from Maryland. And um, the two-week pro- writing program, it wasn't just a writing program. They had so many different paths. Like you could go into the medical, you could go into music, you could go into art. There was like so many different paths that you could do. Mine was just the writing program part of it. It was called uh, Fire Spark at Bernal University. I don't know if they do it anymore, but it was an amazing program because what happens is the people, the classes that you're taking, the teachers are professionals in that field. So like I had a professional journalist, I had a professional novelist, or I had a professional um, professional uh, poet teaching me right mm. so yeah it's a poet uh poetry fiction and journalism classes now the journalism classes was print and during that experience i was like 
print drains all the fucking creativity out of me. I cannot. Yeah. I cannot do it's this. Kinda, well, I can't speak for everybody, but like, I feel like some of them are just like stenographers. Like, yeah. You're just like reporting what happened. Um, but there are some people who do opinion stuff too. Yeah, so. but but reporting the news, I was like, I can't, I can't do this. This no, yeah. no, no, no. I mean, people have to do it. I get it, but I can't. <laughs> I, I couldn't see you doing it. Either. It drains my spirits. <laughs> I will be of no use because I would have been died spiritually. So I cannot. So okay? what'd you do after that? After you stroke that one off your list? So now, mind you, I, this was the summer before my senior year. So I know I have to make money. I have to have a profession that gives me income, and I know that I was not going to have the ability or the discipline to continuously write to get my paycheck you know <laughs> like you know how many stuff you got to continuously write to have a like livelihood off that shit you know um especially when you're just starting off so yeah i was like well that's that's i gotta figure something out so backtrack i started acting in fourth grade um i did one play i was in drama club i had like one line but i loved it in fifth grade, mind you, I was still a writer. I wrote a play and I was actually having my classmates audition for it. Now, I didn't end up going through with it because I was like, I think I realized how much work <laughs> it was going to take to actually pull that shit off. And I was like, yeah, this, this is doing the most. I don't got time. So, but uh, in middle school, I had for my elective, I had theater arts. Um, shout out to Miss LaForce. Um, she definitely believed in me. I grew so much as an actress in that time frame. Um, and I had leading roles in two of the plays and so much so that she wanted me to be Jasmine in the play Aladdin. Oh, and I was nice. like, Miss LaForce, I can't sing. <laughs> I'm not embarrassing myself. <laughs> no. She's like, but you would be great for this role. And I'm like, but it's singing like soprano singing. <laughs> no. <laughs> So I humbly accepted my limits in my physical capacity. Shut up. <laughs> and I was like she one of the dancers because um, I also love to dance. Um, you can do that. Yeah, I'll talk. I'll talk about that within my oh, passion. Right. Passions. Yeah. But um, that's definitely one of those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, so but I was I was so much into my acting that I was actually talking with my parents about going to a performing arts school. Because I was like, well, if this is the path that I'm going to take and the income that I'm like, this is going to be my career, then I'm going to have to put work into it so that it goes to a performing arts school. And I went on a couple of auditions, actually, for commercials, and I realized how much work it would take. And I wanted my childhood. I feel like sometimes if you get into acting when you're yeah. a child, like it, it just takes takes away, you know, from your childhood. And I was like, I don't want to lose this. I only got one shot at this. I don't, I don't want to lose this. So, but it gave me I, the idea, fast forward to senior year of high school, to go into broadcast journalism. Because broadcast journalism, I would be on the TV, I'd be on the radio, I'd be able to use that part of me, that creative part of me, with writing and have a stable career off of that. Mm. Now, so that's... Um, and then it was like, when it came time to major and minor, um, major in broadcast journalism or minor in English, it was like, well, I've already had a lot of training in writing, so I probably don't need that much more. So let me major in the thing that I need more education and training in. Hence, I got my BA in broadcast journalism and minored in English. 
Okay. Um, but again, I went to Hempstead University. They focused a lot on the news reporting, and I wasn't about that life, especially mm-hmm. with five co- conglomerates owning it all. I was like, I'm a little bit of a rebel, and I don't like to be boxed in. Hey, <laughs> that's the title of the show. Don't box me in. So, um, man, I don't think we've done the show in a while. My voice is getting kind of hoarse. <clears throat> that's what happened to me while I was trying to do it. Mm. Gotta keep it handy. Um, I think it's because we're, like, describing our, like, so it's a long-winded like yeah, accurate, story. story. So, yeah, we <coughs> got, stay with us. Stay with us. Stay. <coughs> got to clear up a little bit. <coughs> so, um, so yeah, I wasn't really fucking with it, but I didn't want to change my major because I was like, they can teach me this, but I'm gonna just do something else. But it it was complicated. I was going through a lot of identity crisis. I had some family trauma that led to me not writing for two years. Um, so it really impacted me because it was like fucking with my identity. And I also identified as a writer. Mm-hmm. So if my identity was off, how could I identify with a writer when all of my identity was shaken and shattered? So it was I was going through a lot. So I think my junior year, I think um, I took a poetry class and a fiction class. Maybe it was my it was my sophomore year. I took a poetry class and a fiction class, and that really got me out of my funk as a writer because I had to write for class. So I literally had to, like, get over my disconnected spirit. Like, I had to move through that and get back in touch with it again. So meanwhile, while I'm doing that, I started taking psychology classes. Now, mind you, I had to take an intro to psych, but that's not what was interest of me. I took a black psychology class, and that shit was like, this has been my question, my curiosity, my calling since I was young. Because mm. I must have been, I think, in second grade. And I was in Halloween and I had a straight wig. And I was like, oh my God, I love this hair. I want this to be my hair. I want to be white. I can't imagine you. Quickly after that, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why am I not proud of who I am, my hair, my heritage, all of that? Okay. Stop that. You are proud now, but I don't want any other little black girls feeling this way either. So then it became my life mission to figure out what the hell happened to psychologically condition black Americans to hate ourselves and therefore hate each other. So when I took that black psych class, it was going into that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo. Leona Johnson, right? Huh? Leona Johnson. Yes, yes. Shout out to her. Dr. Leona Johnson. Um, Yes. I've been blessed. So then I was like, yo, this is, I need to invest more (laughs) into this. So I started taking more psych classes. Okay. And then I found the marriage and family track. And I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I wanted to write for the kids so they wouldn't be ashamed of being black. They wouldn't be ashamed of their culture and their ancestors and their history. I wanted to write for them. When I started taking radio classes, I fell in love with radio. And I was like, especially because I, I was working at the station, WHOV 88.1 um, <laughs> at Hampton University. Someone's doing rumors. So I was, I was, they that into you. <laughs> I was doing the um, engineering for it and for the talk show on Thursdays. I forgot 
The cat. No, that's that was. I forgot they gonna shock you again. Nah, I don't. <laughs> I don't remember that one. Oh, because she was never there. It was like always guests, and then um, <laughs> my teacher was there. Oh shit. Uh, uh, was it doctor? I feel like it was Doctor Joy McDonald. I feel like it was doctor. Um, that sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. She an older black lady. Yeah. Yo, shout out to her. So grateful. But um. But yeah, she was like on the show and I was engineering and they actually got me on the air talking about some black shit and I was going the fuck off. And then somebody else came up to me later and was like, yo, how are you going to steal the show? And I was like, see, I know. (laughs) And so I was like, all right, I'm going to use radio to talk to the parents. So when I found this marriage and family track, I was like, oh shit, I can help the children. I can help the parents. I can help the couple. I can help the family. Yay. I get to help everybody in the black community. Yay! Right? Um, so that's when I took a leap of faith and I was like, all right, this is totally different from what I've studied so far because I got my BA in broadcast journalism with a minor in English. I was like, let me go ahead and minor in psych so that way I can go into grad school for marriage and family therapy. I took that leap of faith. I took that literal leap across the country, moved to California, University of San Diego, and got my MA in marital and family therapy. So then, while in grad school, they had an ethnic studies department. And I was like, wait a minute. Why have I not studied African American studies? (laughs) So I will be going back to school for African American studies. Oh, Lord, back to school. Yeah. I'm ready, though. I'm ready. Because I'm I'm excited to learn about African American studies. I'm also going to take child development as well as anthropology classes. Hence, psychology, sociology, anthropology, and history have always been my callings because they're all interconnected and related and shit. Mm -hmm. All they have to do with helping the people empower the black community, you know? Um, So I'm going to go back to school for that. In addition to our nonprofit Family Healing Center that we want to establish, not only with therapy, but other, like a daycare, after-school program, tutoring, uh, classes, like other types of healing. Mm -hmm. Um, I also want to develop a school. Um, Like I said, there's going to be a daycare in the center, so I need to know that. Um, So my passions have literally fed into my professions, what I'm going to do with my life and how I'm going to make income. Okay. And there's multiple of them. Oh shit. Um, and then within the last year, I've been working on my first book of poetry mm-hmm. that's going to be coming out this year. It's called the roots, the roots beneath the tree by Ashley Raquel. That's my pen name. Nom de plume bitch. But, um, so check it out. It's coming out this year and I'm currently working on my second book of poetry. Um, you just go act like that happened. It did. That's why I did it. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, there's that. That was so funny. And then, so, yeah. So, I'm I'm doing my writing, my creative writing. Oh I'm doing God. that. And I got so many other book ideas planned, right? I'm doing my radio through this fucking podcast. Shout out to It's So Real. Shout Ooh. out to my bo- boy, O. So, that way we are doing it this way. Oh Getting to you information without being no rules and regulations on the shit we talking about. We curse like a motherfucker, too, because we got the ability to. Um, and we talk about some real shit spreading the truth. Okay. And then, um, and then I'm a, uh, associate marriage and family therapist by day about to be licensed licensed. this year too. Mm -hmm. 
So my passions have literally fed into my professions. Ripple effect. <laughs> okay. But we would not have gotten here without our mentors. Yes. Without someone guiding us. And as you said earlier when we were talking about this, someone sees something in you that you don't see. Someone sees something in you that you don't see in yourself just yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or don't know that it's there. Right, you don't know it's there. And for Mm -hmm. me, I think like a lot of it has been, um, and to any of my mentors who are watching or maybe listening, uh, I think a lot of it has been the the confidence piece for me because it's like, uh, I've always had talent, natural talent, natural abilities. And, and a willingness to learn and, and invest in myself, but I don't know if I had the confidence enough mm-hmm. to do so. Very you know true. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the mentors who I've uh, encountered mm-hmm. um, who have nurtured and, and, and fostered like a sense of like uh, safety around me allowed me to grow and, and eventually, and although it, it seems like it took a while, I still, I, I still am working on it in some areas, I've gotten to a place now where I'm very confident in what I'm doing and, and what I'm putting out there regardless of what other people think, regardless of what other people may, or how other people may feel about it. It's like, I am my own man and these things that I'm doing are my own uh, reflections, or reflections of my own self. And I'm very comfortable with my reflections. I'm very proud of it, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but that took so so much nurturing and, and acknowledgement from those mentors. So going to the music mentors, and I'll start from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting with just my piano teacher, Mr. Benders, uh, who really taught me about chords. When I was learning all this boring stuff, and what really stuck with me, the chords that I still use, the one that I use for my intro and also Smart Productions intro on YouTube, mm-hmm. are some of the chords that I learned from Mr. Benders, which were originally um, because I told him, I'm tired of... Bl- um, <laughs> Subtle. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Uh, uh, or some of the chords, because he taught me those chords, because <laughs> I'm just going to this laugh out. <laughs> My bad. I hit the mic, if y'all didn't hear it. <laughs> oh, no. Up. They heard it. <laughs> Shut up. Ooh. All right. Um, yeah, so those are the same chords. Uh, that he taught me because I told him like I'm I'm kind of burnt out from just learning theory and learning like basic stuff. I want to learn more jazz. I want to learn some more R and B stuff. So he showed me those chords. Wait, so where was he in your life? Like, um, I was like around, you know, uh, middle school. Oh, okay. Probably actually younger than that. Damn it. Really? Before middle school. <laughs> <laughs> about to get us. About to get us flagged. It's not. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so playing those chords, uh, he taught me those, and those stuck with me clearly to this day. Mm-hmm. Another music uh, mentor, Mr. Holzberg, man, was like the greatest teacher ever. Taught me how to play the drums, even though he didn't know how to play the drums. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, basically taught me the... How that happened? <laughs> he just taught me like the basics of um, knowing how to practice. You know, like, he knows how to practice, even mm-hmm. he doesn't know how to play the instrument. You know what I mean? So he taught me how to practice. So I'm I'm relentless when it comes to my practicing and my focus when it comes to that. When I really put my mind to it, and that's coming from him. 
Um, and so many other things I learned from him, like meditation in the mornings mm. uh, while listening to calming music. Mm-hmm. It was all him that I learned every morning when we did that. It really did set our mood and put us in the right place. Um, I still use some of those techniques to this day. Uh, him alongside with Mr. Marsh, who's the vocal coach, who always was just, you know, that soul brother who taught us about all those these artists I never, you know, never knew about. From the, like, Muddy Waters to Miles Davis and all those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those mentors for music, for sure. Um, and now, currently, Curtis King going to teach me the ins and outs when it comes to the music production industry, when it comes to the marketing and everything else like that. So all these people, I think, saw something within me before I even knew mm-hmm. what was going on for myself. Like Curtis King was saying, like, yeah, like use use the fact that you are a therapist within like your music production um, platforms as, as a marketing tool um, to get people to focus on both of those things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, interconnect those audiences. So that's something that I didn't even, like, realize I brought to the table, even though it's a natural fit. But now I'm more so embracing it. Maybe I had the confidence to do so, do so now. Mm-hmm. So shout out to him again. These are, my, these are my mentors. This is what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is what it's about. It's like. Because you need that encouragement. You need that again, encouragement. society is trying to box you in. No, one for thing, real. One thing, one thing. So you need people to be like, no. No, nah, like, you got it. This. Yeah, like, what you <laughs> doing? You, you. You got it. You mm-hmm. got it. Um, and sometimes that's all you need to really get that boost of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to my mentors in uh, academia, um, on the therapist side, for the most part, I, I, and I could go down the line with elementary, but I'll concentrate more on therapy. Um, Dr. Tamara Williams, like I men- pre- mentioned um, previously, she uh, helped me so much when it came to just expanding my mind when it, um, in psychology and in so many other areas when it comes to relationships too. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wrote an amazing bomb uh, recommendation letter that my mom <laughs> recently found at, uh, at the crib. Because, <laughs> you know, she's just out here cleaning stuff and doing all Moms. kinds of, you know, she's doing all that. And she's going down memory lane. Mm-hmm. So, hey. Shout out to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> shout, out to, shout out to her. Um, so she found that, and it's just like, I almost, it almost brought a tear to my eye, like the, the touching words and how much confidence how she much had in belief. me. Yeah, yeah, she had in she you. She had in me um, since all the way back then. Mm-hmm. And it just shows that, again, these mentors see something in us uh, that we don't even see or, or aren't ready to see mm-hmm. yet within yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Um, and it really brings that out. And that's why I appreciate my mentors so much. Other mentors in um, academia, going from Dr. Chambers and at, at Northwestern, like one of the few black people that, that were there. <laughs> uh, Chazé as well. Um, a whole bunch of mentors there that, that I can't, you know, um, discount. Like, they were all increasingly good. Like, my supervisor, Nancy, as well. She opened my mind up to thinking about mind, um, emotions, parts work, all that stuff when it comes to my therapy. So um, these are all people that just saw things within me and they pushed me forward. So I really appreciate all my mentors and they encouraged me to, you know, seek my passions through all areas. What about you? How many uh, mentors? Uh, um, you're making me think. Yeah, I, I, there's so many. Down. Like, I, there's so many. I just wanted to go through like some because I know mm-hmm. if I try to name them all, I'll, we'd be here all day. Right. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Um, so for acting, I already said Miss LaForce, um, mm. for writing, mm-hmm. um, Miss Knapp is her name. That's what I got up to do. Look at her name, Miss Knapp, um, from eighth grade. 
Um, How you gonna sleep on Mickey Mouse? <laughs> um, Pun game. But what I wanted to say was um, Randolph Walker. Uh, he taught the fiction class that I took. He also I also took like a law and literature class from him. But the fiction class was like my first class with him. And I've always been extra in my class assignments because I'm creative. So I use Any it extra? as an outlet. Hmm? Nothing. So what happened was we had to do a group book report, basically, mm. on a on a novel that we were assigned. And you know me, I'm creative. So I'm like, everybody else is going to do it this way, just like talking about the book report. Let's do some other shit. <laughs> so the book, it was called The Girl Who Fell From the Sky. And it, it it's an amazing book. Definitely read it. Um, but they do the different chapters from different character perspectives thing. So it was three main characters that they were going between the different perspectives. So I was like, why don't we summarize the book through the perspectives of those characters? Hmm. So it was like, basically like I say a, a sentence, the next person says a sentence, the next person says a sentence and we're telling the summary of the book through the different perspectives. All right. So that was one thing. Second thing we did was we act like the book was turning into a movie. And we were the actors on a talk show, okay? So then we're talking about the movie like that and how it relates to the book and all that stuff. But what I really think it was is I acted a scene out from the book with um, one of my male partners, and I was the main character. I was the girl who fell from the sky. And you know me, I put my acting shit on that. And so later I had to go to... um, uh, Mr. Walker's office hours for something. I think something to do with finals or something. There's some question about us, a story I was writing, something like that. And he was like, what are you doing with your life? I was like, what you mean? What you mean <laughs> and he was like, no, seriously, like, what are you planning on doing, like, with your life? Like, what are you doing career-wise, you know? And I was like, well, you know, I'm doing this broadcast thing, broadcast journalism thing, radio. And then I'm looking into psych. Well, no, this was sophomore year. So it was before psych really picked up. But I think it was more broadcast journalism. And he was like, you need to be doing something bigger. You need to be on TV. Mm. And I was like, oh, he sees me too. Because, you know, I think I'm great. But sometimes I forget, (laughs) you know. I mean, everybody does. Yeah, so it's like having that affirmation, that uh, reaffirmation of how great I am mm-hmm. and what I'm gifted in was just like, oh, thanks. So um, so definitely shout out to him and for getting me back into writing because it was um, his fiction class and Dr. Shonda Buchanan's uh, poetry class that really got me back into my writing again. Um, and then for broadcast journalism, shout out to Joy McDonald. Like I said, I was working with her um, on Hamptons radio station. Shout out to Vendora Williams. I had her for like most of my journalism classes. She definitely had my back. Um, and then she, by senior year, I hadn't had an internship yet and we needed an internship to graduate, but I like refused to work for a news organization. So I was in a hot spot. So I was like, hey, do you know where I can intern, where it could feed me? Like I want to be on a talk show, an entertainment talk show. I don't want to be on news, anything, <laughs> you mm. know? So she hooked me up with um, WHRO, 
I don't remember the numbers, but it's WHRO, and it was Hearsay with Kathy Lewis, and that was in New York, and I was, um, I forget what my title was, but I was like running the rundown scripts, and I was answering the uh, the phones during the uh, radio show, uh, talking to guests and putting them on the air and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, but I loved it. I loved it. And then, like, my, like, final, I guess, for that was I had to create my own show. So the topic, the guests, all of that, loved it. Um, and I was like, and looking at Kathy Lewis, I was like, yeah, I can I can do this shit. I can be on the radio with guests talking about topics and shit. And here the fuck I am doing it, baby. And then, I, well, we had Daniela Smiles as a guest. We're working our way up to that because yep. we are currently in my bedroom and I would not like to have everybody in my bedroom but uh you know same thing with my studio <laughs> you know but anyways um also shout out to um uh Deborah Clark she was my sociology teacher and world history teacher in high school um she was definitely crucial in giving me a environment where I like to learn about people you know, like she definitely opened that up for me. Um, let's see, for psychology or specifically marriage and family therapy, shout out to um, Dr. Lee Williams. He was the person who interviewed me for grad school. He was my advisor. He, um, what classes? Did I, I had a self of the therapist class with him. I had, I think a couple, I had couples and sex class with him. Like he was definitely crucial in my grad school um, educational learning and then shout out to my practicum supervisor terry um hightower she was crucial in my development as a therapist especially in that crucial little bitty time frame where i don't know what the fuck i'm doing <laughs> and then definitely shout out to my current supervisor now claudius johnson he is just so yeah. so tremendous to my growth as a therapist and just supportive in everything that i'm doing because he knows my different projects and stuff and he has just been absolutely amazing so thank you to everybody. Oh, definitely thank my parents because they believed in my writing and my acting. They definitely was like, all right, you want to switch sure. schools? Let's do it, you know? So I definitely appreciate all the opportunities, the belief and the support that you all have had in me as well. Um, yeah. I think that's mentorship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I think the last thing we were going to talk about, oh, the last few things we were going to talk about is, um, your passion, mm, sorry, <laughs> your passions that stay passions. So I wanted to say, um, we were talking about passions leading into profession, but I wanted to talk about passions that stay passions. Sometimes we don't want our passions to be about money. We want them to just be because we enjoy them. Okay. So with that being said, what? are some of your passions that you just want to stay passionless? Uh, for me, I would go with basketball. Uh, I would go with um, dancing, for sure. Uh, maybe rapping at one point, but we'll see about that. <laughs> uh, poetry is, is more so aligned with poetry, so I would say that uh, definitively versus rapping. And then, I think that's pretty much it for me. I'm like, oh. Comedy. Oh, right. Yeah, comedy. Yeah. So, comedy would be a, a good one, too, just because uh, when I first got out here, that was one of the things I was, I was uh, 
strongly thinking about doing. Yeah, we had a whole story on the deleted audio yeah. about how I, for his birthday, I took him to an amateur comedy night to show him that this is possible. You can do this. Yeah, it was a good surprise. Mm-hmm. And a very good comedy set. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. I was dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about you? Um, dance, for sure. Um, I was more into learning choreography when I was younger. Um, but I don't, I hadn't had the ability to freestyle. So I'm trying to get more fluid into my body movements, becoming more aligned within my body. Um, and that way, hopefully I'll be able to teach choreography, but if not, I'm okay. Just dancing. I just, just like to dance fashion, um, for sure. And it's more about expressing who I am what my identity is through my appearance um versus like brand names labels and or expensive clothes like i'm not into that i just want to feel good within my body and express myself uh, visually um acting for sure um probably in some local plays just get back to that because it was a real love um cooking because i love to eat and cooking is really an art um and then painting um, this is something that I did for like paint night. If you've seen our videos, our, our lives, you know the sunset picture that's hanging in the background. And that's something I did on paint night. And I just really enjoyed it. I don't know a lick about painting. So I would like to learn the foundational techniques so that way I can just flow in it. Um, but yeah, that's. We had long winded stories of each of these journeys. Yeah, we but were not you for that. <laughs> yeah, we tired now. And. We're kind of done saying the same thing over and over. So, um, what happens if you don't um, find your dualities and passions? What happens if you stay in the box, you stay within that one track, that one field for your life? Uh, well, Curtis and I were talking about that on his podcast, uh, Curtis from CurtisKingTV.com. Um, we were talking about how people get burnt out, really, and they uh, don't get to explore other parts of themselves and find out who they truly are because their passions are stifled because they've never been explored. Uh, I mean, it's parts of themselves have never been explored. Parts of who they are and who they you know, could be will never be expressed either out of fear, out of suppression, or whatever else it may be. Um, but it leads them to live a life uh, that's one-dimensional, which unfortunately, I think, puts them into a box. Mm-hmm. And think about it: if you're going to work every day, forty hours a week, saying "I hate my job," like that's burnout, sweetheart. Yeah. But I think it's important to, and I think you were saying this in the deleted audio, to embrace who you are and like discover all of who you are. And for you to discover who you are, you have to be exposed to who you are, right. which means you have to get out and do stuff to see what you like mm-hmm. so that way you can then explore it um but yeah you got to figure out who you are and wake those parts of you up so that way you become more of a whole person instead of this person who has hidden parts of themselves yeah pretty much that's what it's about mm-hmm. to live a fulfilled life you have to make sure that you fulfill the parts of yourself and again <laughs> we have one life even if you believe in reincarnation, like this one consciousness, you know? So, like, if you want a better tomorrow, then why are you wasting today? Boom. Oh, I said that myself. And with the end, 
I wish we had more energy, but we really put a lot of it <laughs> into that deleted audio, man. Yeah, we were out here, like, yeah. giving, dropping gems, gems, and we were like, what kind of... I know. But, um... It happens. I Growing wanted to things. end with one of my life mottos. Everything was impossible until someone did it. So go follow your dreams. Live your truth. Live your passion. Live courageously. Um, discover the different parts of you. And live your life for you. No one else. All right, so thank you so much for listening to It's So Real with your girl, Rocky. And your boy, O. You have a beautiful day. Take care of you. All right, y'all. Peace and love. Mm -hmm.